Good morning, and welcome to the 29th year of the Three Tailgaters Show on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgaters Show is presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. The Three Tailgaters Show is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca's by Katie's in New Orleans, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. The Three Tailgaters are also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln, by LifeGate Church in Metairie, Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Premier Automotive with locations throughout the New Orleans area, Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Wego, Petri Transport Services, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, Life Resources Ministries, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Promotional consideration is provided by Central City Barbecue on South Rampart Street, Venezia Restaurant on North Carrollton Avenue, Two Tony's Restaurant at West End, Porter View Restaurant in Metairie, Reginelli's Pizzeria with locations throughout the metro area, Yield College Inn on Carrollton Avenue, Messina's at the Terminal and Runway Cafe at Lakefront Airport, by Copeland's of New Orleans in Kenner, Desi Vegas Seafood and Steakhouse in Metairie, Chateau Cafe with locations in New Orleans and Kenner, Moe's Pizza in West Wego, Hooters Restaurants in Metairie and Gretna, Geo's Pizza and Spaghetti House in Metairie, Hobnobber Cafe in Metairie, Fat Boy's Pizza on Metairie Road, by Mike Sirio's Pooh Boys in Delhi on St. Charles Avenue, by That's Amore Pizzeria in Metairie, Bears Pool Boys on Causeway Boulevard at Metairie Road, and by Sunray Grill on Belchase Highway in Gretna. Now here are your hosts of the Three Tailgaters Show, Ed Daniels, Sports Director of WGNO and WNOL, CrescentCitySports.com and the Clarion Herald, and Cumulus Radio New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good morning and welcome to another edition of the Three Tailgaters Show here on Nash Icon. 1061 FM, we're at NashFM1061.com on the web. Of course, TuneIn app, available anywhere in the world for you to listen in and at home. If you cannot pick up radio, you can always get us via Alexa. Just tell it to play WRKN. You can always email us, Ed at WGNO.com, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com, and you can always check out our podcast following the show, which is always posted at CrescentCitySports.com. Just click on podcast on the left side of the page. And you can call the show. It's 504-260-1061 to participate. Later on in the show, extensive talk about the New Orleans Saints trying to get to 3-0 and at Green Bay as a slight underdog. We'll talk about the two-lane green wave with Michael Pratt returning against Nichols. And we'll talk about LSU and another SEC contest at home against Arkansas as they continue their climb back toward being relevant in the national discussion. All of that still to come along with high school football with our good and great friend Ed Daniels, sports director of WGNO, WNOL, Friday Night Football, the Clarion Herald, CrescentCitySports.com, and Nash Icon 1061 FM. Good morning, Ed. Kenneth, how are you? Hey, all good. Another busy evening, another early morning, but that's a good thing. And Ready to roll. It's all good. We want to also mention it coming up in a few minutes. We'll have Reggie Rogers of John Errett with us off of a big win at Bogalusa. We'll also talk to J.T. Curtis, Ed's partner, coming up in about 20 minutes or so as he draws closer to an all-time record. So just another 
day at the races, so to speak. And another good night of high school football last night. Had some really good games. The Fountain Blue Hammond game was a crazy game. I mentioned Bogalusa Era. That was a really good football game. Big win for North Shore coming back to win over Mandeville as well. And obviously the power teams coming through too. So another good night. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, buddy. We were at um, we were at quite a few of those games last night. We got to come back from uh, from North Shore. We got the Fountain Blue a one point victory over Hammond. Um, there were a lot of really good games last night. It was a fun card. And of course, the power teams: Destrehan, St. Charles Catholic. Uh, John Curtis will have JT on later. Rolling and doing what they do extremely well. And those are just really good football teams, really good programs. Shout out to North Lake Christian and Pine. They're both 4-0, uh, playing really good football. And congratulations to those schools for what they do. Nice job by Patrick Taylor, who's playing well early in the season also. Uh, there are always good stories to be told, and clearly uh, we have quite a few of those this year. But the traditional powers are there, and Carr is great. But I wanted to spend about three minutes at about all, everything that happened this week. Number one, the cancellation of St. Martin's and Abramson. And as I said last night on the show, anybody that thinks they canceled the game because A, St. Martin's didn't want to play the game, didn't want to play Abramson, or B, didn't want to go to, uh, to New Orleans East, uh, that's an absurd thought process. The reason the game was canceled was clearly definitive threats made. We can't go into detail about it, but uh, you know, law enforcement has investigated and the advice was given to cancel. I mean, nobody's ducking anybody, and this isn't a rich-poor issue or a, a black-white issue at all. It's simply a matter of, of a school doing what they thought was proper given the circumstances of threats being made. And, you know, by way of, of identification, you know, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and, and the best player on the team in question are all African-American, so that has nothing to do with it, uh, nor does the fact that uh, there was any... Uh, concern about going to play somewhere. If that was the case, why they schedule in the first place and cancel a day before? Then I wanted to also mention the concept of what's transpired with Carver, obviously, and with Warren Easton as well. People keep asking the questions. You know, with regard to Carver, they've had three head coaches this year in the three games, and they won't play again. Uh, violations after they were sanctioned initially, and that obviously uh, was why this transpired. With Warren Easton, uh, it was obviously pertaining to. Uh, eligibility issues with players again because the LHSA does not release the information and the school hasn't done so. Uh, that is what you have to conclude. So a couple of forfeits there. And as I've said over and over again, uh, sanctions are well-deserved and coaches and even schools uh, deserve punishment if in fact they're found to be at fault. But what you really, uh, what you really hurt for and you really just have a hard time dealing with is the players because they don't deserve it and the, and, and the kids obviously lose the opportunity in the case of Carver to compete the rest of the season in the case of Warren Easton to compete in the playoffs thoughts well I mean you know the whole the whole thing is uh, is unfortunate first with the St. Martin's thing I you know there was some with with uh, obviously the school and uh, law enforcement thought was credible threats so they canceled the game and the LHSAA approved that, by right, the way. Right, the LHSAA approved that, and there's not going to be any penalties against either school, against St. Martin's, for not playing the game. And no, and, so, and Kevin Dyser said last night, 
You know, he's on our show. He said last night that this has nothing to do with Abramson, the school. They're really good right. people and they have a great relationship. Is obviously just the, you know, the actions of, of one person or two people or whatever the case may be that, that were completely inappropriate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, hey, that's the way it goes. As far as the Carver situation, look, if, if, if you're on probation and you continue to violate the rules, well, I don't know what else can, you can say, Kenny. I just don't know what else you can say. And as far as uh, Warren Easton is concerned, I don't get that one at all. I mean, they're you know they're such a they're such a really good football program. I I, I just don't understand that at all. And I've known you know known Coach Phillips for years as you have, and it's unfortunate. And what you I will know. say and what I will say at the end of that is simple. You know, people keep asking the questions, and the answer we give you is the honest answer that we can give you, and we'll always be honest. And that is. We don't know unless the school tells you what sure. it is or unless the LHSA puts out the information. We cannot answer the question as to what was the case as to why this transpired. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's obviously, uh, you know, something we, we can't really delve into. But, um, you know, it's amazing how many people are asking and talking about forfeits. I get asked about it all the time. So do I. I, it's it's unbelievable. Last night I'm at a game and people are talking about it, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> I mean, this thing is really this thing is really taking on a life of its own. And of course, people are asking about St. Martin's as well. And um, you know, I, I think that the the right thing was done there. And unfortunately, the uh, the kids lose a game, and and St. Martin's loses powerpoints. Yeah, listen. I mean, that's it. That's right. Of course. I mean, there's no need to belabor the point, but why in the world would they cancel the game? Number one, right. the kids kids want to play. Number two, they've got, you know, arguably the best player in the state, the best running back in the state who has a chance to receive all kinds of awards and accolades if he plays, and by not playing, it hurts him. Okay? And, and they're not ducking anybody, Kenny. Of I mean, course no. not. Of course not. That's, right. that, that's absurdity. So, but anyway, it's just unfortunate for all parties involved and and we're not vilifying anyone in this circumstance. Just like Coach Dyser said last night, you know, nothing at all to vilify Abramson. Good relationship with the school. Uh, and, of course, Wesley Heat's a good man. Uh, you know, Darrell Williams is a good man, and they do a great job. It's just unfortunate that, you know, there were threats made. And that's, you know, again, you have to take these things seriously, regardless of who you are, in particular in this day and age and where we live. And also, in particular, with what we've already seen during the course of this football season, at games and in schools with violence. It's a shame. But that's where we're at, and that's where we'll leave it. What we're going to start about talking positively about is games last night. What a game on uh, at Lewis v. Murray Stadium as John Eric rallied in the fourth quarter to beat Bogalusa 49-39. I think they're still scoring. I'm not sure. But joining us now to talk about that is a a good and great friend, an excellent coach, playing a very tough schedule and, and holding up against it well, Coach Reggie Rogers of the Patriots. Reggie, first of all, congratulations. I mean, anytime you go on the road and get a win, it's good, especially against a good team, and obviously that was the case last night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, coach Kurtzfield, man, I always had his guys ready to play. It was a great atmosphere, um, great road win for, uh, for the Patriots. And, and the other thing about last night was talk about the fact that you overcame adversity. You were down yes. in this game twice. You were down double figures in the fourth quarter. You had to overcome some penalties against you. Just talk yes. about overcoming adversity to win this game. 
Um, you know, when you go on the road, you know, I tell the kids it was a playoff atmosphere. Um, that's how it is when you're in the playoffs, going in unfamiliar territory, you know, eyes against you. You have to figure out a way to win. Um, it's not always going to be pretty. You just have to figure it out, you know, as you go and just keep fighting and stay resilient. Ed? Coach, you made your schedule. Yes, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. Uh, it's kind of challenging. Uh, I thought this, this class of 2014 was going to be pretty good, and I wanted to give them. Uh, I wanted to challenge the team, you know, to see what we were. You know, we, we knew we had something, you know, but we, you know, we wanted to put something together that was a little tougher than normal, and kind of see how we could, you know, could deal with some of the top teams in the state. And coach, you're, coach. you're playing two quarter. You're playing two quarterbacks, yeah. and they're both producing for you in Cheneau and O'Quinn. Just talk yeah. about the mindset of playing both, and talk about what they've given you. Both bring something different to the table. Um, Cheneau's a stable kid. Um, who can throw the ball really well. You know, can run the offense. Uh, O'Quinn is a you know more of an athletic kid who can use his legs and arm. He's a you know pretty dynamic kid as well. So they both bring positivity and production to the offense, which is something we need. You know, if one is not on, the other one can definitely be on. Ben? Coach, even though you didn't win the Destrahan game, do you think yes. you made some progress in that game? Mm-hmm. Do, do you think you made some progress in that yes, game? Yes, sir, absolutely. Started? I think the kids started to believe that, you know, we can preach the message as coaches to them, but until they buy into they believe, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, words from coaches. You know, the kids have to believe what they're capable of doing, and we just got to keep showing them that they're capable and 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 I think they can see it now, and and they believe in. And after last night, I think they really, you know, bought in and believed that, you know, that, you know, that they can they're worthy and, and to accomplish some great things this season. Of course, you faced Ashton Levi last night. He can he can throw. Oh, man. He, he's good, isn't he? Man, that kid's amazing, man. Um, he's phenomenal, man. He's not getting recruited, man. Somebody needs to look at this kid. Um. He's hard to get to. He throws a great ball. He don't get rattled, man. He's a leader. Off, he's a leader. <laughs> that kid's amazing, man. I'm, I'm a fan, definitely. Ed? All right, Coach. You got a Thursday night game against Warren Easton. Yes, sir. That'll be quite uh, a challenge. Yeah, I think it's, um, as always, whenever time, every time um, Easton and uh, China gets together, it's always a, decent, a pretty good game. Um, they got us last year. Um, it was late in the second half, you know, they turned they turn it on on us. Um, you know, this year, you know, hopefully we can, you know, turn out to be a little bit different. Um, but we're going to, you know, be ready to play. I know there's a lot of things been said about, you know, whatever. But there are two, we are two uh, pretty good, damn good programs ran by two good coaches. Um, so, you know, I don't want to hear the noise about all the other stuff. You know, we just got to line up and play football. Yeah, listen, all, all that other stuff, we talked about it earlier to a degree. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, we, sir. Hear all, we hear all the noise, too, and we hear, we hear everything. We hear, oh, this one, this one turned that one in, all that kind of stuff. Right, and, right, right, right. And, right. and, it, and it really and, – and I know you've gone on the record and say that that wasn't accurate. Uh, right. So and I know you have, and you've told me that. So uh, right. there's that, just for the sake of people who do question that or say things, because as I've said a million times, don't believe everything you hear. Correct. Obviously. Well, so – Unfortunately, you know, people believe, you know, the things that they hear because they can't verify, you know, they can't uh, fact check, you know, things. So, but, you know, I've always stand, I'm stand on, I'm not that kind of guy. You know, I go to the source of the problem before I do anything else, and, uh, and that's the way I handle it. Um, I'm not trying to hurt kids or, or hurt anybody's program, you know, and that's just the way I see things. 
Well, you see it pretty well. You got a lot of experience being a head coach, obviously. Yep, you got sir. the you got these kids that everybody focuses on that are uh, college commits. You know, Matt yes, Cargo and such. Just just talk about those kids, how good they are, and and how they've handled how they've handled the attention. Um, first of all, they, they're great people. Um, before they're great athletes. You know, they come from great families um, who are very supportive of them. Uh, and you know, we try to keep our kids humble. You know, we have kids, you know, coaches on our staff who've played at a high level. Some play professionally, so we have a a, a good grasp on, on how to handle, you know, all the attention. You know, sometimes you know the people they can reach on news press articles and things like that and kind of get the big head. But we kind of keep our kids humble, so uh, so they can stay grounded, you know, and, and finish the task. Because you still have to make it to college. You you haven't got there yet, so you still have to get there. Yeah. Coach, um, when you when you look at Lee, he's lost a ton of weight. Um, I can't hear you. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't. I'm sorry. This is JT calling me. Other hey, hey, you go ahead, Ed. Uh, he's on. He's dealing with the phone call right oh. now, so he's taking care of that. Listen, with regard to you know moving forward, you've scheduled like this the last few years, and and the honest truth is you want to test your players, and Eric's always done that. But in addition to that, to be perfectly honest you need powerpoints because your league just isn't that good it hasn't been that good Chalmette's been good but other than that it's been tough to get powerpoints from your league that's the truth correct I think our our district is improving um with some coaching changes but at the end of the day you know we still have to kind of take care of ourselves you know on the state level in order to put ourselves in position you know for a postseason play you know which is something we pride ourselves on on being a part of so you know we have to play tough opponents but we also have to be prepared to play those opponents because in the, in the playoffs you know you're going to find yourself in unfamiliar territory against you know talented teams so you have to be prepared you know to deal with that to deal with the atmosphere and also the opponent yeah no doubt about it and again you know, that's what you're doing. You're, you're ahead of the curve this year compared to last year with yeah. what's going on in, in pre-district play. That's that's the progress you've made. Correct, correct, correct. Um, we're, um, the kids are locked in, you know, and they're familiar with the opponent. So, you know, it's not last year. They, you know, they've never played a Covington before. They've never played, you know, a uh, Bogalusa before. You know, they've played familiar foes, but... You know, in order to, to, to take yourself somewhere you've never been, you have to do something you've never done. So we had to challenge the kids mentally and physically. So I think that's what we're doing. No doubt. Ed? Yeah. Coach, right. are, are, you, are you having you having fun with this team? or? or I'm having a blast, man. I love these guys. This is my first class. You know, I came in right when COVID hit in, in 20, and this was my first ninth grade class. So, yes, I, to see them grow and to grow up to be what they've become, is, 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 is a beautiful thing to me. And I love it all, all every minute of it. It's an honor for me to coach these guys. You know, obviously, you're enjoying that. The kids are enjoying it, too. The yes. program looks like it's on solid ground right now. And, yes. and, and clearly, you know, you got a major challenge coming up yes. next yes. week. Yes. And, 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 and again, this is another measuring stick. You mentioned yes, the Destrian game. Ed brought the Destrian game up, and you were very competitive for three quarters yes. and even into quarters. the fourth quarter there. And then Warren Easton has is, is certainly got that kind of team, talent-wise. So, so I guess you, you're looking at seeing just how far your team has progressed this coming week. Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. Um, you know, the kids are excited about this upcoming week. Um, you know, just like their kids, all everybody read the press and the clippings and and the things like that. But at the end of the day, in between the lines, you know, football has to be played, you know, so there will be no, nothing else is going to matter then. You know, the game has to be played and the best team going to win. No doubt. Ed, final thought? Well, Coach, we're happy for your success. And um, 
I know you've you've, you've scheduled really tough pre-district, and um, I like that. I don't yes, know sir. if you like it, but I like it. Yeah, I love it. Um, I mean, people question it, and like, why you play those guys? Uh, but then also too, you know, when you you can look at like Warren Easton's schedule and things like that, they don't they play some tough guys too because it's hard to get you know games from guys you know from other people who don't want to play. So so you have to kind of get what you can get also and try to figure out along the way about how the PowerPoint's going to work out in your favor as you go. And by the way, coaches, I'll let you get away. Uh, our mutual friend, uh, the late Rick Gailey, elected to the University of New Orleans Athletic Hall of Fame Absolutely. for his for his golf for his golf exploits. That guy yeah. should have been a pro golfer. Okay, yes, he, he, <laughs> <laughs> he talked about that a lot. Man. I, that's one thing I did not pick up from him. But uh, his competitive nature was definitely one and the same. But he he was a great golfer as well. Yes. That's because that's, that's yeah I miss him too. We both miss him badly. That's because you didn't have the free time he had or the money or no, whatever. No, you know? no, no, I, I definitely <laughs> did not have that. I had to go to work. <laughs> uh, John Aaron, uh, two and two, playing very well. Warren East the next Thursday at Hoss Memphis should be a great game. Reggie Rogers, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on a fine win and nothing but the best moving forward. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, My pleasure, coach. coach Reggie Rogers of John Aaron. 49-39 over Bogalusa last night. We'll take a time out here. When we return in just a moment, JT Curtis will join us to talk about a big win over Jesuit last night. We've still got a Saints LSU Tulane talk to come as well as we continue with the Three Tailgaters show here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and on the web at NashFM1061.com. Hello, this is Tim Duncan, Vice President of Athletics and Recreation at the University of New Orleans. Did you know last season your privateers won multiple championships, volunteered thousands of hours serving our community, had multiple all-academic recipients, and broke numerous school records? I'm inviting you to get more involved with the only university that truly represents New Orleans all day, every day. To learn more about NOLA's team, go to unoprivateers.com today. And I look forward to seeing you out at the lakefront. From local town councils to Capitol Hill, agents who are realtors are standing up for what's right. We're here protecting property rights, here advocating for the issues that affect our neighborhoods, here championing fair and equitable housing for all. Because we are realtors, bound by a code of ethics, driven to serve our communities. We're here for it all, here for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. at Staples, the prices of HP printers are dropping. Save on HP Smart Tank and enjoy even more savings on ink. Save on the HP Inkjet, perfect for high-quality picks. Save on HP Laser Printers, great for tackling high-volume document printing. Now through September 30th, save on Staples' entire selection of HP printers, some as low as $69.99. With HP printer price drops at Staples, now is the time to upgrade to HP, America's most trusted printer brand. See staples.com slash HP for details. From local town councils to Capitol Hill, agents who are realtors are standing up for what's right. We're here protecting property rights, here advocating for the issues that affect our neighborhoods, here championing fair and equitable housing for all. Because we are realtors, bound by a code of ethics, driven to serve our communities. We're here for it all, here for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. 
at Staples, the prices of HP printers are dropping. Save on HP's Smart Tank and enjoy even more savings on ink. Save on the HP Inkjet, perfect for high-quality picks. Save on HP Laser Printers, great for tackling high-volume document printing. Now through September 30th, save on Staples' entire selection of HP printers, some as low as $69.99. With HP printer price drops at Staples, now is the time to upgrade to HP, America's most trusted printer brand. See staples.com slash HP for details. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. Is it just me, or is it always a struggle to take a good family pic? Between getting everyone to smile and finding outfits, it's not easy. Luckily, Kohl's has 15% off styles that are perfect for our upcoming photos, and the rest to fall too. I got myself a flannel for $27.99, my daughter jeans for $24.99, and more. Plus, I earned Kohl's cash, which put a smile on my face. Now, to get one on everyone else's. Select styles. Offer in September 24th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Just tuning in? We're just getting started with the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. What are you waiting for? All are welcome by calling 504-260-1061 to talk all sports all the time. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. I have so much admiration for high school coaches, for what they deal with every day, what they go through, and, and what they do for young men. And I also realize how, how hard they work. You know, it's funny because we introduce our next guest, uh, legendary coach and JT Curtis. But uh, I'm, I'm sitting here this morning, and I'm always trying to get information on statistics for player of the week and everything else, and, and for stories. And people make long trips to go play games, and you think that, uh, you know, they're probably resting well. I think Brother Martin got back about 3, 3.30 in the morning yesterday playing Washita Parish last night. And, of course, who's calling me like an hour ago? Mark Bonice, you know? So it's like, does the guy ever sleep? Do coaches ever sleep? I know that's, that's a good question for our, our next guest, uh, the legendary coach of the John Curtis Christian Patriots, a winner last night, 41-21 over Jesuit. Coach J.T. Curtis joining us now. Okay, Coach, number one, do you sleep? And number two, uh, I know you're not surprised about Bonice not sleeping, right? No, you're really not. And, and coaches that are caring and want to do what's best for their program and realize that they have a limited amount of time to get the preparation ready for next week. Because the bottom line is uh, whatever you did Friday night has to be corrected mentally and then corrected on the field Monday and Tuesday and uh, then move on to your next opponent. And, and you have to uh, start breaking their film down and start to see what their tendencies are and how they are uh, how they try to attack uh, the defense that they played and how you think they're going to try to attack your defense and, and again, how your offense is going to attack their defense. So, uh, you know, when you get to this time of the, of the, of the season, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, six, it's six and a half days a week. That's, that's the bottom line. I, that we try to uh, make sure that we take Sunday, the uh, morning part of Sunday, to go to church and uh, go to uh, uh, dinner, lunch with our families, and then uh, meet later on that evening. 
but it's just part of the process, and uh, I think coaches that care and want to do well are going to spend that uh, to spend that time. This isn't the the most talented Jesuit team by any stretch, but it's a well coached team that plays hard, and and I know you're not surprised that they they put up a fight, right? No, not one bit. They they will be in games this year that uh, I think people looked at some of those early scores uh, and and were saying, well, Jesuit's not as good as they have been. But but really and truly, I think that they got enough talent on the offensive side of the ball, and their defense is continuing to improve. Uh, and as you said, they're coached well, and uh, their big quarterback could make plays with his feet as well as his arm, and and I think they will be a team that you'll see continue to improve through the season. Ed? Coach, we don't know what the playoff format is. Um, this is week four, so we're halfway through the regular season next week. Does that, you know, what's your take on that? Well, I'm sure you all got the memo, too, that they're going to call a special meeting. Uh, and, and the good news now is, and, and, and you know, it's interesting to me, all of a sudden we don't have to have three-quarter vote. We just have, have a simple majority, and, and I hope that'll, that'll play in our favor. But to put us back together, we got to have a two-thirds vote to, to do that. But in this particular one, uh, some kind of way they've got it where all we have to do is have a simple majority for the uh, members of the association to recognize that the definition of select uh, that the commissioner and the executive committee came up with is valid. And uh, if it is, then they'll vote it in, and then things will remain as they have. Now, you know, if they don't, then we'll have to revert back to uh, a 12-team bracket for uh, uh, the 5A division and and, and really put a lot of the other divisions in, in difficult situations. I, I certainly hope that uh, people recognize the validity of what the association and what the executive committee did. They simply said that if you're going to allow uh, students to cross district lines or if you're going to allow them to move from school to school, then you are now becoming a select school. And that was what the big complaint was uh, eight, nine years ago, that public and I mean, excuse me, private and parochial schools could allow students to come into their programs and be able to play. So uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that the majority of the people that will vote, uh, 203 votes, uh, would give us the opportunity to keep the playoff format as it was last year. You know what's amazing to me in all of those things, Coach, is how many principals don't show up or representatives. How many schools do not attend? especially on things that I think are, I think that's vitally important, don't you? Yeah, and certainly, uh, I certainly hope that we'll have a quorum this time that will allow us to make the vote. As you know, one of the, one of the I thought, one of the uh, uh, factors in the association's favor last, uh, in, in this court case, was that they had called two different meetings to have principals come and vote uh, on uh, whether this was correct or incorrect, and they couldn't get enough people there to make a quorum to vote. But the, uh, the judge didn't recognize that, and so now we're in this situation with having to have principals show up. And, and look, it is a busy time of the year, but you're going to have to shake people loose, send a representative, uh, have a proxy or whatever you need uh, to do in order to make this vote. It's just too important. 
so certainly we will be there. I know everybody in our district will be there. Uh, I just hope that the other uh, schools will respond the same way. Now, so, I, I, th so I think I'm Kenny. I, I think Kenny. The, the the vote to end the split is a simple majority in January, isn't it? That's what I was told. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I don't know how you arrive at that based on the current constitution. So I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't either. But the one thing I will say about it, you know, <laughs> I mean, we're coming up on 11 years, all right? And I think it's been a disaster for high school sports in Louisiana, an absolute disaster. Yeah. Just my opinion. I, I think it's been. I know a lot I would, of people like it. I, I call it a disaster. I'm sorry. I, I call it a disaster. I, I, would, I would simply use the word failure. I think it has not succeeded, okay? If it succeeded, then you wouldn't have double buys. You wouldn't have 12-team brackets. If it succeeded, then you wouldn't have people playing at different sites for championships than the others are playing at. If it succeeded, then you wouldn't have nine classes, uh, which is absurd for under 300 football-playing schools. It has not succeeded. So I, I wouldn't say disaster from my perspective. I'd say failure. Well, I think also, Kenny, and Ed, where it has not been successful is in the lopsided scores in the first two and sometimes even the third week of the playoffs. I mean mm – -hmm. A playoffs game shouldn't be 52 to nothing. Uh, it shouldn't be teams in it with uh, significantly losing records. Uh, that, that's not the purpose of what a playoff should be. There should be a reward for teams that have competed and have had put themselves in a position to to be a competitive team in the in the playoffs. And uh, that's not been the case, as you said, for the last 11 years. It, it, we, we've got teams that. Uh, can't compete and and shouldn't be in the playoffs and yet they are and that's not the way the competitive spirit of the LHSAA is designed to be it's not the definition in the book and uh, it's a shame that we put ourselves in this position totally agree JT Curtis with us as far as the games last night was concerned I know you had to be pleased with your offense just talk about you know how your offense performed and and what you know what key players have done such a good job for you yeah, it, we did. I, I thought we, we, we played effectively last night. You know, one of the things that I think has hurt us a little bit is that uh, we're just kind of getting our game legs under us. Uh, you know, we, we missed that second play and date, which uh, was, was hurtful in, in terms of having our players in top performance. But I think we're getting that back, uh, getting that, our legs under us a little better. And, and there's nothing like competition in, in a game of competition that – get you tuned up and ready to go. It's one of the advantages the pro people have when they play their exhibition games. It gives them a chance to kind of get some of those things worked out. Uh, but I, I think we're starting to gel offensively a little bit. Our quarterback has played really well, and, you know, we're an option team. Uh, Marlon Proud has had some outstanding games. Uh, uh, Mike Turner now is drawing a lot of double coverage, which has allowed uh, other receivers to have an opportunity to, to make plays. And, uh, Jason Gabriel had a, some big runs last night. So, uh, and and I've been. I, I think our offensive line is 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 progressing. Is starting to play the way we anticipated them being able to play. Uh, and and they'll be an important part of our team. And in, in, in order to control the line of scrimmage and be able to run the football effectively. And uh, I, I think defensively. Uh, we're just a we're a young team that's that's growing that's getting better uh, and and last night uh, their the quarterback made some really nice plays against us some of it was his ability and some of it was our lack of responsibility and uh, those are the things that we've got to get worked out uh, as a staff uh, 
and and again, a, a younger defense has got to mature into. And if we'll uh, if we'll continue to make progress, I think I think we'll have a pretty good football team. And you know, Coach, it's amazing to me. I go to a Saints game. I'm at a Tulane game. People are still talking about that whole Zachary thing. And I know, I know you don't want to legislate that thing all over again, but I, I'm amazed at how much attention it has gotten. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it was a, it was a disappointment to us. It, it really was. And, and I just felt like that, that it was not fair to our school nor our kids and our team uh, to try to force us into doing something that was not appropriate, was not right. And, uh, without getting into a bunch of details, we did everything possible to make it to accommodate their difficulty uh, so that they could come and play. Uh, we were going to honor their season ticket passes uh, so that he would not lose that uh, lose that to his uh, fans, and we did all that we could do to try to accommodate him. And and he just he wouldn't he just didn't want to come to this area to play for whatever reason and. Uh, you know, it, it, it certainly was not what we wanted to do. Uh, and, you know, people said, well, why didn't you just go? And we, we didn't go because we felt like that we had been kind of bullied into this thing, that, that we knew well in advance that we were planning to play on a Friday night, and we had, we had got our facility and the facility ready to go, and then all of a sudden uh, uh, we just didn't want to play. If you want to know the truth, uh, about this part of it, our, our mistake was is that we didn't uh, sign an official contract. We we thought the handshake and the acknowledgement of what we would do would be enough, and it, it wasn't. Whether it was misunderstood or not, I can't answer for you. But I, I tell you, we won't make that mistake again. We, we'll have it in writing and have it have it signed appropriately, and uh, hopefully not put ourselves in that position again. 1-0 in the league, and now you get, uh, I guess, an extra date because you don't play until next Saturday, and you take on an undefeated Holy Cross team. Uh, this is the team they were pointing to because they're, they've got seniors that have been playing for three, four years that are talented in particular on offense, and, and I know you've seen them, and uh, they're good on offense. This is a challenge. This is a good football team you're playing. Yeah, they are. They've got speed. They've got uh, quarterback experience. Uh, uh, they, they've got an offensive team that probably, as you said, one they've been uh, uh, counting on for the last couple of years, and and it'll be a challenge for our defense to step up and match them uh, athletically, uh, and and to try to prevent big plays. I think that's what certainly hurt Romo last night was just giving up big plays, just this receivers running past people and and being open and. Uh, making the, the connection and, and resulted in touchdowns. And, uh, you know, if, if you can do that, obviously it's going to be a long night, and it was uh, last night for Rumble, and hopefully we're going to be able to uh, learn from their tape and, and be able to make those uh, adjustments uh, for our defense. Yeah, as a recipe for disaster for Rummel missing three of their defensive starters on the secondary, and that that's not a good thing against the receivers Holy Cross has. It's not just Kobe Young and Cross Johnson. It's Finn Martin, too. They they just have very good receivers, and any time you got a three-year starter at quarterback, it's a major advantage, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, and I think that's – well, he, he knows where to go with the ball, and he knows who he's looking for on every pattern that uh, they run. And and uh, they have enough speed and enough quality receivers that 
you got to play uh, uh, some type of zone defense because you can't zero in on one guy, and uh, that certainly spreads the field and creates an uh, opportunity uh, with spacing to make plays. And you know, I, I tell that to people all the time, whether it's pro football or college football or high school football. You, if you can stretch the field, you open up you open up space and. Those guys can stretch the field, and it opens up a lot of space underneath. Their tight end had a big catch last night for a, a big gain, and I might have been a leading receiver last night. But it's because that field is opened up, and, and uh, you have to to defend the depth of the field. And uh, that's just, a, as you said, a team they have built for for a couple of years. Ed, final word? And, and the game next week is on Saturday, Coach, at what time? We play 7 o'clock at Gormley. 7 o'clock at Gormley uh, 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 at, uh, against Holy Cross. Ought to be a good one. Yeah, it, it should be. And I think, I think you're going to see these kind of games as we go through the, uh, through the, through the district. Uh, I, think, I think, as you said, teams that can stay away from injuries uh, will certainly have an advantage. And uh, you don't want to go into a game like Holy Cross down – one defensive starter in a secondary, much less three. And uh, no offense to the kids that were playing, they're, they're second team for a reason. And uh, that, that doesn't make it easy for you. And, and uh, I think teams that can stay healthy and put their players on the field certainly have an opportunity to compete and win. And, uh, and, and again, there's some, there's some big games today. You know, I, I think St. Aug and Carr are going to be a, a game that is going to have a lot of impact on the district. Uh, how it how it unfolds and uh, there it's a it's a very competitive district and a good speed in the district and certainly good coaching and uh, we look forward to uh, competing and, and playing the rest of the season and of course St Augustine and Carr watch it live this evening on CrescentCitySports.com always free and watch the replay as well we'll have it for you tonight at CrescentCitySports.com look forward to bringing that to you JT Curtis always a pleasure visiting. Thank you for the visit. Congratulations on another win. Drawing closer to that number. We'll talk about it. You don't have to. And nothing but the best coming up a week from today. Good. Thank you all. Have a good day. All right. All Thank right, you, JT. Appreciate it. Coach Curtis of JT Curtis of John Curtis Christian School. We'll take a time out here. It's 504-260-1061. Tulane hosting Nichols. Michael Pratt returning. We'll talk about that next. Still to come, LSU and Saints talk as well. On the Three Tailgater Show here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com. New Orleans, the North Shore, and worldwide at NashFM1061.com. Country for Life 1061, Nash Icon. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope, and they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's, it's perfect. perfect. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. When you can't stop... <coughs> There's Vicks VapoRub. Vicks VapoRub sends powerful medicated Vicks vapors right to the source of your... <coughs> so you can experience cough relief and breathe easier. Generations of families have trusted Vicks VapoRub to help relieve the worst cold symptoms. 
So next time you have a cough, reach for the Vicks VapoRub. Vicks VapoRub. Cough relieving is believing. Mambo's. 411 Bourbon Street. Three floors of incredible dining in what might be the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. Cajun Creole cuisine at its finest and magnificent cocktails. Come dine in our authentic French Quarter Courtyard or on our Bourbon Street balcony. Come experience Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. Mambo is perfect for a night out with friends, a romantic getaway, your next event, or a delicious meal with family. Lunch and dinner seven days a week. Order online for delivery at mambonola.com. Make your next New Orleans memory at Mambo's. We know life can hit us with the unexpected when losing a loved one. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service is here to help. You're never alone. Simple direct cremation for only $1,195. That's right, only $1,195 with no hidden charges or fees. Please give us a call at 504-218-5554 or visit our website at NewOrleansCremationService.com. Great service with an exceptional price guarantee. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service, celebrating life. If you demand excellence, Petri Transport Services will handle any waste disposal project you have. With over three decades of experience, Petri Transport Services provides masterclass service with client satisfaction in mind. Locally owned and family driven, Petri Transport Services understands customer values and the importance of safety, professionalism, and quality with no contract required. Let our service speak for itself. If you need a trash dumpster, grease traps, or a septic tank, call Petri Transport Services at 985-351-0608 or visit PetriTransportServices.com. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon in one of his outstanding dealerships. Toyota of New Orleans, I-10 Service Road near Bullard in New Orleans East. Premier Honda at the I-10 Service Road at Bullard. Premier Nissan at Veterans in Metairie, and Premier Kia at Veterans in Kenner. You want the total sports package? Let's talk prep, college, pro, all sports, all the time. You get it all from the three tailgaters on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com with Ken and Ed. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. All right, it's Tulane. It's Nichols. They played a couple of years back, and, you know, Nichols distinguished itself pretty well with Chase 4K, but Tulane outmanned him, and I think Tulane's better now and will outman Nichols even more this evening, in particular with Michael Pratt returning. And obviously some people have, you know, have speculated. We've even talked about it. Okay, well, you really don't need Pratt to beat Nichols, with all due respect. But if he's 100%, why not play him? And, of course, if the game does get a little out of hand, he won't play four quarters anyway. So Willie Fritz making the right move playing Pratt? I think he is. Your thoughts? Well, I don't think he'd put him on the field if he wasn't healthy. Exactly. Exactly. The only thing I don't, and, and plus, you know, and look, I, I know it's not, it's not something I don't think that figures into the coach's thinking as well. But look, this guy's got an NFL future, so I think you've got to be even more careful with him, don't you think? Yeah, I think that's accurate. I just, I, I think they, like you said, it's not for me to say because we're not there every day and seeing what transpires. We know the young man wants to play because he's a great competitor, but I'm 100% sure that Willie Fritz and his medical staff, Greg Stewart and everybody, they would never put him on the field if he wasn't ready to go. So I trust their judgment. Yeah, I do too. I, I, um, you know, I just, like I've said before, and I think he's, you know, if you look at, if you look at the injuries that have happened to Michael Pratt over his career, 
what have they been? Either running or scrambling. Has oh, it's, it's always pocket. It's always yeah. running the ball. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, in the SMU game a couple of years ago when he was scrambling and he got his mm -hmm. bell rung very badly and he had to leave the game. And and uh, I think he missed I, uh, the the next game as well because of a concussion. Mm -hmm. And now this this situation where he's running again, and I know he's effective running, but you know, look, I, I'm looking at at, at Tulane's schedule, and there's no right now in the top 25. There's no group of five team ranked in the top 25. No one since Tulane fell out. There's no group of five team ranked in the top 25. So. You know, if they win the rest of their games and host and win the league championship, then they would be 12-1, and one and their only loss would be without their quarterback. I mean, you know, you can, you, can, you can certainly make an argument that they deserve a New Year's Day bowl again if they were able to do that. And, you know, uh, but look, there's a long way to go in the season. There's, there's a lot of football left to be played. They haven't won in Memphis since 1998. So right off the bat, that's a big game coming up in a few weeks. But, um, you know, they've got UTSA at the end of the season. But, you know, you can make that argument, Kenny. Hey, we're, we're, we've got one loss and we didn't have our quarterback. And you know what? I don't know if I can disagree with that. Can you? No, I, I don't disagree with it. Yeah. So it is what it is. I mean, that's, that's kind of where we are. As for Tulane, I thought their, their performance against Southern Miss was solid. I would like to call it workmanlike. And they didn't make the mistake on offense. You know, it wasn't obviously an overwhelming performance offensively. They made enough plays. I just thought they were exceptional on defense. And I just think their, their defensive front is very good. Ole Miss found that out. Ole Miss didn't run the ball on Tulane. And Ole Miss was 1 of 13 on third down against Tulane. This Tulane defensive front is legit. Oh, they're very good, and they're deep. That's the thing that um, that's the thing that I think uh, is is that people need to understand. They can play a lot of players, and they do. And uh, you know, it's it's um, it's a um, it's a defensive line that uh, that has has been cultivated and and built, and a lot of those guys have a lot of experience. And you know, it's unfortunate they lost Platt because Platt's a good tackler at linebacker, they'd be even better. And they're still pretty good. You know, and a lot of people were talking about, well, you know, they're not going to have Nick Anderson and Dorian Williams this year, which is absolutely true. They don't have either one of those guys. But I think the people who follow the program understood uh, how good a lot of their returners were coming back and that these guys would be able to hold up. And not only have they held up, they've been really good. They have been, and of course, you know, they lost Platt, too, so that's three guys. But, look, Tyler Grubb stepped in. He's played really well. Machado's good. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, they're just good up front on defense. And, and by the way, they're pretty good in the back, too, uh, in the yeah, secondary. Well, I think so. Spaney has played pretty well. He's, he has. He, he's played pretty well. And, and, you know, they're good at corner. And they, they've got a little size back there. And I think that's, that's, that's an area that, is, that has hurt them in the past. So, um, you know, look um, – they're heavily favored tonight. They're going to they're going to be heavily favored next week. So uh, there's there's a lot going on as far as uh, you know with the whole thing with Pratt and everything. But I, you know, it's just I, I just watched that Ole Miss game and I just I just wonder and nothing against Horton. Horton's a good player, but there's a reason why Michael Pratt 
is considered to be a draft choice because he's a very good player. And I just wonder if that game would have been different. And look, they still had it the 27-20 with four or five minutes to play in the game. So, you know, I, I don't know how good Ole Miss is. Uh, maybe we find out today. I think it's interesting that, that the line in Tuscaloosa is only plus seven. That's, that's kind of crazy. But, um, you know, today with their game. So, I, I, I don't know. We'll, I think we'll find out. We'll find out a lot more about Ole Miss today. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think we'll find out a lot about Alabama today, too. Because sure. they're, switch, they're, going, they're going back to Milrow, and they're making the switch at quarterback yet again, which tells me they don't have an identity, and they don't have that leader, and they don't have that guy. And as I said before the season started, we'll talk about LSU in the next segment, so I don't want to go there yet. But I picked LSU to win the West in the offseason, and I feel even stronger about that now. But we'll talk about LSU in the next segment where that's concerned. But I think Tulane is in a position right now, Ed. I'm looking at the rest of this schedule, and – we all thought, you know, obviously the first three games and then Memphis and then UTSA. Well, at this point, with all due respect to UTSA, they got beat at home by Army, okay? So right. to me, to me, it's all about that trip to Memphis. I mean, I believe, knock on wood, if Tulane plays to its ability and stays healthy, they're going to win every other game. The one game they're going to have to really battle to win, in my estimation, is Memphis where they've always had trouble, yeah. where they haven't won since the turn of the century. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's been their graveyard because not only have they played bad there, they've gotten blown out there. I mean, all those games, you go back and look at them, most of them have not been close. And the reason why is Memphis has been a lot better than them. So, you know, they're pointing for that game. You know, as far as UTSA is concerned, I mean, look, this is the end of September. That game is at the end of November. A it lot is. can change in two months. Yes. And, you, and uh, it's just like the NFL, you know. Um, I felt pretty good about the Saints tomorrow, but then all of a sudden they've got all kind of injuries on the back end. So, you don't and suspensions. So, it's all about timing. And, you know, we'll see what happens when we get to the end of the year. It's just disappointing that Pratt wasn't in that Ole Miss game because, you know, it just I, I, I just have a hard time believing that they couldn't pull that off if they, if they wanted to that day. Well, that's what, look, I had John Forcade on my live show at Signet Restaurant, Signet Landing Restaurant this past Wednesday night, our Saints Hall of Fame show, and, and John obviously is very biased to Ole Miss, and he went to the game, and he gave Tulane a lot of credit, and I made sure that I clarified my wording because I've said this continuously, which is, had Michael Pratt been healthy, they could have won the game. Not would yes. have, but yes. could have won the game. And I think it's important to, to state it that way. Uh, mm -hmm. People have opinions, and I respect them, uh, but there's no way I can say that they would have won the game. I do think they could have, though, because I think Pratt would have made uh, a big difference, in particular in the second half. Well, I mean, you know, look, they, they, they made some plays in the first half, but Tulane had three points, I think, in the second half. So, I mean, you know, they weren't able to, uh, to get much accomplished. And... Uh, Again, I think Horton's solid, but when you look at uh, Michael Pratt, you're looking at a guy who's, I think, certainly one of the top ten quarterbacks in the country. He is a huge winner and a leader. And uh, if you don't have him, you know, I mean, take Jackson Dart off of Ole Miss's team that day. Ask me how they would have played. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Jackson Dart's a good player. Uh, but um, like I said, they still, they still had it down to seven points or whatever late in the game. Yep. Here's a question 
to my email here from Jerry Uptown, who said, you know, why isn't Tulane getting any votes in the national polls? Well, they did get votes in the coaches poll, uh, not in AP, so they're still getting some votes. And look, the reality is they still have to earn that respect nationally with these pollsters because they haven't been that program, even though they finished last year the way they did. And the only way they're going to get there basically is to win the rest of these games because they don't have that signature team on the schedule the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss was that. They don't have that on the schedule. But here's the good news. They can win the rest of their games. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's Willie Fricks would say, want to know today. Yeah, want to know today. Yep. Want to know today. But, you know, look, um, you know, it's, it, it was an opportunity there, but, um, you know, and look, their, their schedule, their schedule is, is, is not as challenging as it was last year because, you know, Cincinnati, Houston, and uh, Central Florida have, have disappeared off that league. They're in the Big 12 now, and then next year SMU is going to the ACC. Mm-hmm. Yep, different dynamic to say the least, and we said that during the offseason, how the change – was going to impact Tulane and their conference. And certainly, I, I still feel that that's the same thought process, which is they'll be better off long-term in terms of winning as long as they're in this conference. All right, it's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061 if you'd like to join in the conversation. Another hour to go. We'll get into the Saints extensively here coming up in the next hour. But when we return following the break, we'll talk about LSU, another SEC matchup with Arkansas, Battle of the Boot. That's next as our second hour begins on the Three Tailgater Show here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com. The 2023 NFL season is here. Nothing compares to witnessing it live, in person. The roar of the crowd, the adrenaline, the rush of high-fiving random strangers. Don't miss your chance to be part of the epic showdowns, classic rivalries, and primetime games under the lights. Tickets to all regular season games are on sale now. Take your seat. Visit NFL.com slash tickets to purchase your tickets today. Hi, this is Dr. Brad Schaefer. As a podiatrist, I can tell you no two people's feet are alike, which is why I recommend Dr. Scholl's Custom Fit Orthotic Inserts. They're customized for your feet, so you get a unique solution your feet really need. Not just a one-size-fits-all insole. They're clinically proven to provide pain relief for achy feet, knees, lower back, plantar fasciitis, and heels. Take the Dr. Scholl's Custom Fit Orthotics Assessment in Walmart today. Now in the foot care aisle. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope. And they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's It's perfect. perfect. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. 
Hey, Eric, welcome to the newly renovated TikTok. Come on in. Quick, close the door, Mike. You're letting the flies out. All right, don't start that again. Hey, look, we've been back operating almost two months now. Yeah, and your sign should say, sorry, we're back open. Stop. Come on. So what do you think about the new paint job and the repaved parking lot? I think you could put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a... All right, enough is enough. The TikTok Cafe open 24-7 at the intersection of Causeway and I-10 in Metairie. Hey. Hey. You all right? I don't know. Lately, I've been feeling kind of off. Might be because you've been vaping so much. What do you mean? You know how when dirt gets in the engine oil, it throws everything off? Yeah. The nicotine in vapes is like that. It's not meant to be in your body. It throws off your natural brain chemicals, which could make you feel jumpy, anxious, or even sad. So like that engine with the bad oil, your brain ain't running right. It ain't right. Keep your body running tobacco-free. Learn more at BehindTheHazeLA.com. Sponsored by Louisiana Department of Justice. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. The second hour begins. It's the Three Tailgater Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and at CrescentCitySports.com. Be a part of the show now. Call 504 260 1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. And we're happy you're with us this morning. As always, Rudy Dixon, our producer, and we appreciate him very much, too. Ed and Ken with you, and we'll talk about the New Orleans Saints coming up in the next segment. Right now, we turn to the LSU Tigers, 12th ranked, and heading into an SEC matchup with Arkansas. It's, it's kind of a little bit of a surprise, I guess, to see LSU more than a two-touchdown favorite over Arkansas. Normally, this is a pretty competitive game. It certainly was last year in the cold in Fayetteville, but LSU looked really good last week. They looked like the team we thought they'd be last week, Ed, and, and obviously, you know, you kind of expect that momentum to carry over, don't you? Well, you know, they've scored on 14 of their last 15 possessions. That's a pretty good number. Yeah, it is. I mean, they've got it going, and I think, um, you know, they've made some changes. They have a, a different running back rotation for sure than they had at the beginning of the season when they weren't healthy there. And I think they have a different offensive line. So, and those things have made the difference. Yeah, they do. Look, I think it's still a concern on the right side. You know, Hurd's playing some now. They're rotating three guys, trying to find the right combination. Jones going from guard to tackle, tackle to guard. I think that's still an area of concern. Cornerback, you know, played better last week, although I don't know what Mississippi State's trying to do offensively. Man, they've gotten away from, the, you, know, the, you know, the air raid offense, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Will Rogers thrived in that, and last week it's clear it's a different offense, and it's clear he wasn't comfortable, and it's clear that he was rattled by LSU's defensive front. But having said that, I still thought that the secondary for LSU played better last week. They did. Um, they did a solid job. You know, the thing about the thing about tonight's game, Kenny, is as you mentioned, the line 17, 17 and a half. And I was dumb enough to pick uh, LSU minus the points mm-hmm. because I'm looking at this series. In the last three years, it's been a three-point game. It has been. That's what I said earlier. And, and um, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, LSU's got it going, though. Jaden Daniels played very well. Malik Neighbors is is playing himself into a lot of money next year. And uh, they just look like a different – they look like a different team, period. 
Now, they missed Mason Taylor last week. That was clear. The younger players aren't ready to play. They did not look the part at all. Uh, and certainly they need Taylor, but he's, he's a really, really good player. He's top echelon in the country at tight end. And, you know, when he's playing, that offense really has another massive weapon. And, of course, the other obvious thing is the, you know, the, the difference having Logan Diggs back there and the emergence of Caleb Jackson. You've got two big backs that can run. And in the case of Diggs, a guy that is a really good pass protector, and a really good receiver who can, who can do all three phases very well. They didn't have that against Florida State. And these two guys make a difference. And they, I mean, Emory came back, didn't make an impression at all, but they've got him back available. Bottom line is, uh, they're better now than they were week one. Well, we're going to find out about Florida State, and we're going to find out about Clemson today. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready to find out right now. They're getting ready to kick off right. on ABC. Correct. WGNO right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what's not, you know what's really interesting today not not to deviate too much but I'm really curious to see what kind of TV rating Colorado Oregon gets. Mm-hmm. I know Colorado's a big underdog but they've got Coach Prime. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that game today. I do. Yeah, I, I certainly think Deion Sanders has gotten the attention of everyone in the country, and I think that's definitely going to get. And we're going to find out a lot about Colorado. What he's done is nothing short of sensational thus far. Of course, the skeptic would say, well, TCU's not as good. These other teams they played aren't very good. And, and while that may be true, it does not detract from what he has done based upon what Colorado has been. It's remarkable to see what they've accomplished. I think they're stepping up in class in a big way today. That's a tough place to play against a good team. And let me put it this way. If Colorado wins this game, then <laughs> look out. Then uh, you might... You might already just cast your vote for Sanders as coach of the year nationally. So there's that, clearly. So when you look at Arkansas, Ed, it's all about you know, stopping the run game, slowing down the quarterback, in particular running the ball. Well, he didn't play against them last year, and he's a nope. good player. He is. And Raheem Sanders is a good player. Mm-hmm. They've, they've, got, you know, they've, got, they've got some good players. The thing that I would say about Arkansas is I don't know how good they are defensively. Yeah. Drew Sanders got drafted. Bumper Pool's not there anymore. And those guys were really the, uh, the heart and soul of their defense last year. So, and I think that's one of the reasons why the line is what it is. No, I agree with you. I think it's one of those situations where LSU on paper is set up to score and score a lot quite a quite a bit, again, in my estimation. That's what I see. It becomes a matter of whether LSU's defense can get off the field and keep Arkansas from possessing the football. That's Arkansas's chance in this game. Their lone chance is to move the chains, possess the football, and keep the ball out of the hands of LSU's offense. And it's funny, this morning, their, their, their Arkansas football Twitter account, the headline was, we've shocked the world before. And they showed a bunch of the big plays that they've had over L- against LSU in the series over the last uh, several years. Of course, in 2007, they beat LSU yes. in overtime. Yep, that's the one I was going to point to. Yeah, right. Yeah, final final game final game of the regular season. But there were there were some there were some other games as well. You know, and I'm 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 not disagreeing with the tweet, but you know LSU's won six of the last seven. Again, the games have been close though, and. Um, you know, KJ Jefferson is a uh, is a big guy to tackle. I mean, six three, two forty. He he is he is a big dude. He's one of the biggest quarterbacks. Uh, uh, you know, you'll ever see at Tiger Stadium. But um, 
Again, I, I just don't know. I think if LSU can get get enough stops, I don't think Arkansas can get enough. That's all. And again, hearkening back to week one against Florida State, I reviewed it a few times. LSU got outplayed, outcoached in the second half, and they got beat by a better team on that day very clearly. And Florida State's got potentially three number one draft picks, maybe even as many as four. They're real good, although they – they nearly got themselves beat by Boston College. And as you said, we'll find out about them even more against Clemson. Bottom line is LSU had 300 yards at halftime against Florida State and had the lead at halftime against Florida State. They just played poorly in the second half against a good team on the road, and you couldn't do that. So my, my takeaway is that Florida State was, was more ready uh, for that game than LSU was. Florida State uh, made adjustments and outcoached them in the second half and played better. Uh, and maximized its ability, and LSU did not. I think LSU has gotten better since then. I think LSU is a better team than we saw then. And I, I think, again, the sky wasn't falling when that happened. It was disappointing, but uh, it doesn't stop LSU's ability to A, win the SEC West, B, win the SEC, and C, get to the national playoff. Because if LSU would win out, LSU would be in the national playoff. Well, let me ask you this. If, if LSU lost another game, still went to Atlanta and beat an undefeated Georgia team and won the SEC, would they be in the playoff? Probably not, but would have a chance. I think I say that because let's look at reality. Is USC going to lose a game? I'm asking. No, I understand. Okay. If Ohio State beats Notre Dame today, if they beat Notre Dame then when they play Michigan, if they're both unbeaten, whoever comes out of that game, you think that unbeaten team's going to be denied a playoff spot? Of course not. They're going to be in it. Uh, let's not forget about Oklahoma and Texas. Texas or Oklahoma, if either one of them runs the table, are you going to keep them out of the playoff? I'm asking. Right. Okay? So you've eaten up those spots right there. Mm -hmm. And then there's yeah. Notre Dame. And then there's Notre Dame. If Notre Dame beats Ohio State, okay? So, I mean, that, that's five, six teams before you get – to a two-loss LSU team. So I, I don't – I would say outside looking in. I'm not saying no. I'd just say that if, if it was 50-50 odds, you know, if you're looking at on predicated on 100% odds, rather, I'd say probably less than 50%. But right. we, saw, we saw what happened in 2007, and that kind of stuff can happen. The right combination of teams win, then things can, can create uh, opportunities for you. So, yeah, I think there's still a chance – but again, looking at the SEC right now and looking at the landmines that are out there for LSU, you know, Florida is Florida. They looked good last week, but LSU's got Florida at home. Texas A&M whipped LSU last year, but LSU's got them at home and they've got revenge on their minds. Alabama's a road game, but based upon what we've seen of Alabama, LSU is its equal. And if it plays well, can win. So... Ole Miss is a good team. I don't know how good, but they're good, and that's a tough game on the road. You can't take Missouri for granted on the road. You lost there previously. Look, they're all tough, but the fact of the matter is that if you look at the rest of these games, show me one game where LSU is going to be an underdog. I think the only one possibly is Alabama. Yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't disagree. I'm just, you know, but you, when you look at the schedule, that Missouri game is looking a lot tougher than we thought it might be. Yep. You know? And um, uh, they look like they, they have a pretty good football team. 
Again, you go to Ole Miss, they're going to play out of their minds against LSU. And that's going to be a really difficult game because they're going to play out of their, their skulls against LSU. They always do. And LSU traditionally has had some trouble up there. They have not played well in Oxford for the most part. So new coaching staff, you know, uh, Brian Kelly's never played in Oxford and neither has Jaden Daniels. So, you know, that it's a, it's a new coaching staff and you, and you, you don't really, uh, you don't really know what's, what's, what's going to happen. There's so much football to be played, but I get your point about the top of the standings, the top six or seven teams, it being a very top heavy league or very top heavy year in college football. I get your point. I think it's a very good point. I'm just saying that if LSU doesn't loses another game but beats Georgia, they're going to have a pretty good resume. I agree. They'll have a good resume. Whether it's good enough is another story uh, to be told. And again, as you said, there's so much football to be played. Uh, there are there are you know there are some numbers that that might put it in that position where in fact you can say that they could get in. It's happened before. It could happen again. So. Again, let it play itself out to see exactly where uh, it's going to fall. But again, on this LSU team, Jaden Daniels' performance against Grambling obviously was off the charts against a lesser opponent, but his performance against Mississippi State on the road was off the charts against you know, a, a, you know, a worthy opponent. That was a special performance by Daniels. And what you really loved about his performance in that game, he didn't make any mistakes, but even more than that, he pushed the ball down the field and made plays down the field, which is what Brian Kelly and what everyone's been wanting to see from Daniels. He does everything else you want him to do. He, he makes the short to intermediate throws. He extends plays. He runs the ball as well as anyone, if not better than anyone, at quarterback in the country. What he hasn't done is make plays down the field consistently. He did that against Mississippi State, who continued to try to play man on the LSU's wideouts, and that was a huge mistake. Well... You know, look, uh, that's what he's got to do. And he's got the receivers that he's got to give those guys a chance on 50-50 balls. I mean, I watched it in the high school game last night, Manny and Newman. Singleton's a really good player. He can go up and get it, okay? So yep. guess what? It's third and 14. What do they do? They throw a 50-50 ball to the corner. He goes up. The young man from Newman's in excellent position. He's had a very good year. He goes up, he gets it, it turns into a 79-yard touchdown. you got to give you guys some chances at times, and I think that's one of the things that he needs to do. thought he did an excellent job last week. Uh, I thought he's played incredibly well for, for two weeks now, and really for you know two games and a half. The half against Florida State in the first half was really good, and maybe that game's different if LSU takes the points in the first half, the two field goals they passed on, and they have a two-score lead at the half in that game, but that's water under the bridge. You move on, you know, Arkansas this week. And then, and then again, what we talked about, you know, Ole Miss is going to be tough and Missouri on the road is going to be tough. And I think if LSU can win those three games, I think they're in great shape to be able to win out. So we'll see. And then of course, Georgia was not overly impressive last week. They had to struggle against a well-coached South Carolina team, give South Carolina credit. Uh, they're not great, but they're solid and well-coached. Uh, Georgia's still Georgia and they're still, I think Brian Kelly was right on target when he said that, you know, we're, we're better this year, but we're not there yet in terms of depth. I think he's right. We mm -hmm. all said that third year is the year, and 
I still think that's accurate. I'm not saying that they can't get deep this year. I think they have a chance, as we just discussed. But ultimately, you've got to build depth across the board uh, to be that kind of program. And they're close. You know, the only negative is they won't have Daniels next year. But they have a good good guy in Nussmeyer sitting and waiting in the wings. So that, that's kind of where it's at right now with LSU. I think it's a, I think it's a good team that's, that's bordering on very good. And, yeah. and, the, and the way they become very good is to keep throwing it down the field effectively, uh, to keep playing Diggs and Jackson, uh, to get yeah, the right side of the offensive line settled. And improve and to, their secondary. And to play well enough in the secondary. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not great, well enough. Yeah. It, well enough. So yeah. Yeah. that's what I think we're looking at with LSU. We touched on the national picture a little bit, but, you know, what are you seeing right now? I mean, we're watching Florida State Clemson right now. No score early. You know, Texas, a big win over Alabama. Uh, USC's putting up points galore. Uh, you know, we know what Michigan is capable of doing. Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame's a, uh, one of those big game elimination type games today, right? So what, what are you seeing nationally? And is there anyone out there that's, that's, uh, that's catching your attention that might be, you know, a subtle surprise or, or a dark horse in terms of the national championship picture? Well, I, I think Notre Dame is somebody that you've got to consider. I agree with you. Because they've got the quarterback. And that quarterback's really good. And I know it was, it was Navy in the first game, but I was like, wow, they're dynamic. All of a sudden, they've got, they've got big-time quarterback play to go with, with, with good running backs. So, you know, the thing that, that, uh, that Notre Dame has to do if they want to win a championship is that I, don't, I, don't, I think they're going to have to score points to be able to do that. And Hartman is really good. And, um, you know, they're, they're dynamic offensively. They've got a chance. They do. Uh, they're good. Uh, and, and I give them a lot of credit. And, you know, we always give credit where credit's due. And I think they're, I think that's a good team. It's always about whether they have enough team speed and, and time will tell, but they're good. I, I definitely am impressed with what they've been able to do. By the way, Rutgers 7 nothing over Michigan in the first quarter for whatever that's worth early on. You know, Utah's another team to keep an eye on. They escaped that game with Baylor, and they're in good shape, and they're 3-0. and Ranked 11th, that's a team that certainly you keep an eye on. I mentioned Oklahoma earlier. You keep an eye on them because their schedule is pretty weak and they're pretty good. Uh, Penn State, Ed, there's another one, right? you got to keep an eye on Penn State. They were good last year. Are they good enough to be better than Ohio State and Michigan? That's the question. So Happy Valley, baby. Yep. That, that, I think 6,000. Yeah, I, I think those are the teams. Uh, I mean, the other one that we didn't mention – is Washington because they have a great quarterback in Phoenix. Whether or not they're good enough, you know, to break through Oregon the same way remains to be seen. We'll find out a lot about both, though, uh, coming up, especially, like we said, with Oregon and Colorado playing, and we'll see if Oregon can take care of business or not because if they don't, then obviously uh, they're a pretender and certainly not that team, Ed. <laughs> you know, I'll I tell you what, that'll be, you know, it's a shame that Travis Hunter's not playing today because I think that makes a big difference in the game. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good player. So yeah. it's a shame indeed. All right, it's 504-260-1061. River Ridge for Jack. Hi, Jack. Glad you called. Welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Good, good Jack. Jack. 
Guys, I have a comment about Tulane, and I want y'all y'all to comment on. And I also have an NFL question. Okay. Um, first, on Tulane, um, I, I think the passing game looks as, as good as it has since Tommy Bowden left. And I think this—I can't remember. You know, I can't remember a time that the defensive line has been this talented and this deep in my lifetime. Would y'all agree with any of that? Yes, a thousand percent. I think it's the best defensive line I've ever seen at Tulane. That's my opinion. And I've watched them since I was since the nineteen sixties. And then of course, with regard to the passing game, yeah, I would say yes because Michael Pratt is an elite player and because this is the best wide receiving bunch that, that Coach Fritz has had. It's the best. Now, they don't really have a receiving tight end. So there's that. Uh, you know, Bowman is not that guy. But their wide receivers, I think are the best that they've had. And when you couple that with an excellent quarterback, then certainly I would agree with that. Ed? I think their defensive line may have been a little bit better on the 98 team. Well, that team was good, but I think this one's better because they're deeper. I right. really do. Well, they had, they had six guys and six, seven guys on that defensive line, but you had, you had Dennis O'Sullivan and Kevin Rivas, who were both really, really good players uh, on that defensive line. So I think – uh, but that's certainly a good parallel. And what was the other question uh, as far as the receivers? About the passing game. Passing yeah. game. Well, I mean, you know, look, uh, Jaquan Jackson's a good player. Um, Lawrence Keyes is a good player. And I think the guy that you got to look out for is Chris Brazel. I think Chris Brazel has a chance to be a really nice young player. I mean, he's only a, he's a true freshman. So, and, uh, you know, the one thing that he does, he brings a little, uh, a little size to the party. But you know, look, they've got um, they've got talent. They they they've got a they've got a, and and I think that if I I don't think that they they have that that uh, you know it's it's a different team this year. They're going to have to rely on the on the throwing game a little bit more. Yeah, um, I, I, and I agree with what y'all said before. I think they could definitely go undefeated the rest of the way. You know, it, it's. It's it's nice to know that a bowl game is the bare minimum you can expect at Tulane. So, oh, yeah. and guys, I had a, and guys, I had an NFL question. Um, okay. I'm, I'm not going to be the first. I'm not going to be the first one that says this. Um, first of all, it, it's criminal if they make people pay for uh, full price for the for the preseason games, especially mm-hmm. since, um, um, as you, it, it, you know, it turned out that the first four weeks of the season end up being essentially what the preseason should have been, where you really don't find out what you have until October. So um, do you think the NFL will make any adjustments at all, or do you think it'll be status quo, you know, going into next year? No, I think uh, it's status quo. I don't yeah. think – I personally don't think it's no. going to change. And, you know, I think that's water under the bridge. I don't think they're going anywhere with that. You know, my biggest gripe right now is – is Thursday night football and, and giving that away to Prime and, and, and charging people to subscribe and everything else. I think it's the shape of things to come, unfortunately, but I don't like it. And, and I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a good move personally. And you know, they can get away with it because they're the most popular sport and it's a brand and everything else. But at some point, you get taxed out. I, I can't subscribe to everything. I already subscribed to, to three or four services to be able to access things. And uh, I've held out on that. I really have, and, and I'm not a big fan of that. Ed? Well, I have Amazon Prime, so, um, um, you know, I can watch the games. But let me ask you, Jack, name me a game on Thursday night that's actually been good. 
No, I never have. See, I, and I realize that. Hey, look, I'm, I I'm, I'm busy Thursday night, Jack. Thursday nights are very busy for me, okay? I'm busy doing a whole bunch of stuff getting ready for Friday. <laughs> yep. Thursday nights are very busy. But I didn't miss anything when I missed the 49ers-Giants game because it was terrible football. It was terrible football. And, and, and all of those games are terrible, and the players hate playing in them. You can't practice. Your body doesn't feel worth a worth a hoot. You know, you might, what do you have, a walkthrough on Monday, maybe half a practice on Tuesday, and then if you're traveling, how about the Giants? They have to get on a plane and fly all the way to the West Coast. You think that didn't affect their performance on Thursday night? I guarantee it's a, you. It's what? a terrible, it is a terrible platform. It's one of the worst things that the NFL does, and I can't stand Thursday night games. Just like I can't stand Friday night college games. Yep. All right? I think that's a bad look, too. But this Thursday night NFL football, in my opinion, is garbage. No, I, I agree with you. I just don't – I don't think Thursday night should be play. And then, look, don't come out and say you're for player safety and have games on Thursday night. That That's ridiculous. You've shown what you're about. You just, you're just about the money. And, look, look, not that it matters because I'm not even sure the NFL planned it this way, but I think the Giants just stayed out at – Stayed out there after they played Phoenix, you know, after yeah. they played Arizona. But right, it, it doesn't matter. It's still no, good. it doesn't matter. Right, you have no time to prepare, no time to heal. It's just, and therefore you get the product that you get. Agreed. I'm just not a fan of people having to pay for yeah. that product. That's my yeah, that's just, my take. Just watch. Go back and look at go back and look at these games. Okay, go back and look at these games, especially over the last year and a half. Go back and look at these games. Tell me how many good Thursday night games have been. You're like, wow, that is really a good game. Okay? Yep. These Thursday night games are terrible. And if anything else, you know, you were asking about the preseason, Jack. The yeah. next labor yeah. agreement, they'll have 18 regular season games and two preseason games. Why you really think that'll happen? I just don't, I don't believe that's going to happen. I don't think the Players Association will allow it. Well, you know what, Kenny? At, at some point, people are going to start jingling their change in their pocket again. Just like they did the last time. I heard, oh, it'll, they'll never go for it. Well, guess what? We're at 17 <laughs> and 3. But you know what? When you hear all that change jingling in your pocket, everybody gets interested, both sides. Understood. Well, guys, thanks for taking my call. Y'all have a good weekend. A pleasure, Jack. Thank you so much for the call. Thanks for listening to the 3 Gator Show. We'll take a time out here. It's 504-260-1061 to join us. The Saints and the Packers. We'll talk about it next when we continue with the 3 Gator Show. Ken and Ed, Rudy, our producer, right here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com. If you're from New Orleans, you need to join our crew. Join the only university that represents New Orleans all day, every day. The University of New Orleans. Simply visit UNOPrivateers.com and join NOLA's team today. We are your crew. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. 
Is it just me, or is it always a struggle to take a good family pic? Between getting everyone to smile and finding outfits, it's not easy. Luckily, Kohl's has 15% off styles that are perfect for our upcoming photos. And the rest of fall, too. I got myself a flannel for $27.99, my daughter jeans for $24.99, and more. Plus, I earned Kohl's cash, which put a smile on my face. Now, to get one on everyone else's. Select styles. Offer in September 24th. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope. And they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's, It's perfect. perfect. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. When you can't stop, <coughs> there's Vicks VapoRub. Vicks VapoRub sends powerful medicated Vicks vapors right to the source of your... <coughs> so you can experience cough relief and breathe easier. Generations of families have trusted Vicks VapoRub to help relieve the worst cold symptoms. So next time you have a cough, reach for the Vicks VapoRub. Vicks VapoRub. Cough relieving is believing. At Dudley DeBosier, clients call within days of their injury. Because if you wait, evidence gets lost, and the insurance company can use that to pay less than you deserve. Demand Dudley DeBosier. Call 444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans, LA 23-15654. This is your weekly forum for genuine substantive talk with a focus on fairness and facts. Time to share your passion on the Three Tailgaters Show here on 1061 Nash Icon. NASHFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call 504-260-1061. The New Orleans Saints trying to go to 3-0 for the first time since 2013. Noon game against the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay tomorrow at Lambeau Field. One and a half point favorite is Green Bay. The line really never changed. I thought it might be a little different by game start, but then when you saw the injury report, you understood that it wasn't going to change much because, again, the big news for the Saints is, you know, of course, we know about Marcus May, but then you got Paulson Adebo uh, with a hamstring. And when you're talking hamstring and you're talking cornerback, that isn't good. So you know, he's questionable according to the injury report, but a cornerback with a hamstring, Ed, that's not a good mix. No, it's not good at all. I mean, you know, look, uh, you know, you're not facing Aaron Rodgers tomorrow, but you got Howden, who's going to be your free safety. You've got, um, you know, Adebo potentially not playing. And, you know, you don't, um, Amadi's not playing. I mean, Amadi's out, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a, there's a, you know, you got, you got some real, you got some real issues in your secondary. Now, the flip side of it is, is Aaron Jones going to play? He's listed as questionable. Right. Is, is Watson hasn't, Christian is, Watson hasn't Watson, played the whole year. And he's is got he a hamstring. He's yeah. got a hamstring, right. Right. So, I mean, you know, look, he, in, the, in these NFL games, especially in these jump ball games, and mm-hmm. you would agree, Kenny, that this is a jump ball game. Who plays yeah. and who doesn't play is really big. Absolutely. And then, of course, Jair Alexander. You know, he's got a back injury, and he's really good. So Packers are beat up. Now, here's what gets my attention. Jordan Love's got six touchdowns, no interceptions through two games. I watched the game with Atlanta. I know you watched it, too, with Green Bay. Yeah. And Packers had a two-score lead in the fourth quarter, and they simply – Blew it. Their defense couldn't get a stop. Their offense couldn't produce. And they lost the game by one. 
you know, through two weeks of play, uh, some would certainly argue that Atlanta has looked like the best team in the, in the uh, division. I think Atlanta and the Saints close together in that regard. I still, I mean, I have respect for what Tampa Bay's done. I don't think they can sustain it. I mean, the schedule they have coming up is very tough. But that said, Falcons have been pretty impressive overall. As for the Saints, I think, you know, been good defensively other than uh, going to a prevent defense and not having outside leverage, which made no sense at all last week against Carolina. Uh, I mean, how can you let catch passes and get out of bounds four times when they have to, you know, <laughs> and stop the clock when you're up two scores? I mean, have outside leverage. Make them throw the ball middle of the field. I mean, that's not too hard, but they didn't. That said, their defense has been really good. Groupie has been really good. I'm not sold on Headley as a punter at all. Uh, their offense is still not clicking on, on the cylinders. They lacked uh, the running back power. Obviously, Jones did a commendable job. Taysom Hill was very good, and, and he's been banged up a bit, but he'll play this week. And, you know, and then Derek Carr, I think, in each game, he's played pretty well with, with one notable exception. He's made one very bad throw in each of the games thus far for the Saints. And, and the bigger problem is the pressure. I mean, according to uh, Pro Football Focus stats, he's been pressured more than 50% of his dropbacks. He's been sacked eight times, and he's been pressured on 14 other occasions. And that, to me, remains the biggest problem, which is, of course, the play of the offensive line. And, and we're not here to sanctify Derek Carr at all. Uh, he has not played outstanding. He's not played very well. He's played good enough, though, thus far. Mm -hmm. He just needs the support. Uh, he needs a run game, first of all. And then secondly, he needs his offensive line to block better than it's blocked. Well, the, the thing about Derek Carr, if you go back and look at those sacks, it's not because he's holding the ball. No, not at all. That, that it, it's, it's not an issue where you would say, well, maybe the quarterback's holding the ball. I don't think that's the case at all. Maybe once. Think, maybe, maybe once. once but, yeah. Yeah, but I, I just, they just haven't protected him. Nope. No, they haven't. And it's not everybody wants to point the finger at Penning. Understandable, but it's not just Penning by any stretch. And he, he played better in the second game that he did in the first, and he played better in the second half than he did in the first half last game, last Monday night. But that's also true of the Saints offensively. They've played better in the second half in both games offensively, and Derek Carr has played much better in the second half. I think they're, I think they're close, but again, they have not had these people together at all. Carr barely played in the preseason, hasn't been here before. Uh, it's a new system. It's new players, and they haven't even had all these guys on the field. Kamara hasn't played yet. You know, Kendry Miller hasn't played yet, and he's going to play in this game. Let's see what he's capable of doing and, you know, getting accustomed to the receivers with the timing. But I'll say it again. Uh, you know, the question persisted in the offseason, do they have enough playmakers? The answer is yes. Chris Olave is a playmaker. Rashid Shaheed is a playmaker. Jawan Johnson is a playmaker. He hasn't been totally healthy, but he's a playmaker. Taysom Hill is a playmaker. Alvin Kamara is a playmaker. And Michael Thomas has done exactly what you wanted to do, to be that tough possession guy underneath. And he did make the one catch over the top on the sideline too. So they've got the playmakers and they've got the quarterback that can get them the ball. Now can they get the blocking and can they synchronize things to put it all together? That mm -hmm. remains, you know, until they do, you can't put your stamp of approval on it. But I think the potential is clearly there. Well, what I find is interesting is this. I know it's only two games, but last year the Saints averaged 19 points a game. This year they're averaging 18 points a game. <laughs> yeah, it's two games, and, <laughs> and yeah, it's no doubt. Games. 
It's but, two games. But, yeah, but, I, but what I'm saying is it's just really it's it's just really different. You know, I mean, it's you know, I I understand, but um, you know, maybe things would be a lot better uh, with Kamara there. But I think I'd like to I'd like to see Taysom Hill at tailback a little bit more. Me you? too. Oh, I look. We we sit there and we watch the games and sometimes post you know things on X or Twitter and and. I always say I want to see Taysom Hill get 10 touches. I say that virtually every week, number one, because he'll, he'll make a difference. He'll make a play. I mean, hey, how, how much more evidence do you need uh, where that's concerned? And by the way, he can make a play throwing it too because they don't expect him to throw the ball. And when he does elect to throw it, it's typically where he gets man coverage. So there's that. And the second part of that is what you said, when he's not at quarterback, why not line him up at running back? In particular, when your option was Tony Jones. And they pitched, they lined him up at running back on that one play and just ran a toss sweep, and he gained, what, 12 yards or whatever? Loved it, okay? The guy is, is fast. He's a downhill physical runner. And to me, that just makes a lot of sense, and it gives a defense you know, a lot more to account for as a result. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. I definitely agree with that. And you know what? Last year, again, I'll go back to that same number. I, I may have mentioned it last week. Last year, when he had 23 touches in a game or more, the Saints were 6-2. and two. I, I mean, look, the evidence is clear. It, yeah. it's, you can point to the stats, and you just did. But you can also point you know, to the obvious, which is you know, if you get him the ball enough times, he's going to pop one. He's going to do something significant to make a play for your football team. He does it on a consistent basis, and he's done it for a long time. I mean, I remember that 2019 season playoff game with the Vikings. If Taysom, Hill's, the not, if Taysom Hill's not in that game, they get beat by three touchdowns. Right. So, you know, right. I mean, he, he was the offense. You know, and, he, and that's happened quite a bit. So, yep, I couldn't agree with you more. All right, 504-260-1061. Kurt's in New Orleans. Kurt, good morning, and welcome to the show. Hey, Kurt. Kurt with us or not, Rudy? Okay, no, no Kurt. Okay. So, no Kurt. False start. Right. False start. All right. So, so, Ed, just to continue the conversation, and we'll get to break in a minute here, with regard to where the Saints are right now, uh, I think the playmakers are there. Defensively, uh, so far so good with the rotation at defensive tackle. You know, Roach has been fine. Saunders and Shepard have been fine. And, and I really like Brzee. I know the numbers aren't showing up statistically, but just watch the guy. His statistics, you know, are not there, but his quickness and his size are obvious. He made that gigantic play in the game Monday night. It got negated by the penalty on a Debo, but otherwise he gets a turnover with a big play. So, so far, so good with those interior guys. So far, so good with the outside guys. Cam's been good and Granderson has been outstanding. And then the linebackers, those two guys, Demario Davis has graded out number one in the NFL on some fronts, number two on other fronts through two weeks. And Pete Werner is in the top 15. These guys are good. I mean, they're, the point is they've been good up front on defense. Oh, yeah. They, 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 they've been good. And the thing about Brzee that doesn't, as you mentioned, always show up in the stats, and you're watching the same game I'm watching, Kenny, the one thing he gives is, as advertised, inside push on the pass rush. Yes, he does. And he's got size to go along with that where he can impede uh, the, you know, the pass rushers, can impede the, you know, the quarterback's view, I should say, of being able to see the field and make the throws. So, yeah, I think they, you know, they might have something there. I, I, it's early, 
but I certainly like what I see to this point in time. And look, I mean, this game is going to be all about getting some pressure on Love and protecting your quarterback. If Love has time, in particular with two guys likely down in the secondary, it could be a real problem. And, and ultimately, Ed, I, I could see this game going over. I could see mm-hmm. points scored in this game. And I know mm-hmm. the Saints haven't scored thus far, but based upon what I'm looking at, I think both teams can do some damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be uh, – I, I, I just – I have a hard time pegging this game. I just the, – the one thing I would feel a lot better about the Saints, though, if, if they were healthy in the secondary, but they're not. I agree with you. I, I think it's – again, we talk about it every year in the relative health of the team, and they haven't had any luck at all the last couple of seasons. And here we are again in you know, week three, and we're talking about this again you know, with key players. And you know, obviously Lattimore is, in my estimation, the most important player they have on that defense. He changes everything. And so far he's been brilliant. He has the interception. They hardly throw at him. I mean, what, three targets last week? I mean, nobody wants to mess with the guy. So there's that, too. He's that good a player. I think Elante Taylor is good, and I think he's played well. But now we get down to, you know, what do you do with that cornerback position, you know, with the lack of availability of Adebo if he doesn't play? Uh, and what do you do at the safety spot? You know, when you got a rookie fifth-round pick, it looks like he's going to be that guy. So got to believe Green Bay is going to look to throw the football. So, but then again, I think the Saints are going to do the same. I, I really see this game as being a game where both quarterbacks throw 30 or more passes, and I see this game that might end up with more than 50 points, which means mm-hmm. it's over. That's, that's how I see it right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's just going it's to, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard game to peg. The one thing I would say about Jordan Love is um, I don't think late in the game he was very good against Atlanta. He wasn't in the fourth and, quarter. Yeah, and, you know, to me, if you want to know the difference between, uh, between um, you know, um, <laughs> a first ballot Hall of Famer and Aaron Rodgers and, 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 and this guy is, he, he's got to have, he's got to develop that gene. He's got to be able to do what Aaron Rodgers could do in those situations. And that's very difficult to do. <laughs> it is 504-260-1061 to join us. We'll take a timeout. If you want to talk Saints, we'll do that when we return. We'll also touch on the NFL. And now we'll talk about what's happening, what we've seen thus far, who's impressive, who's not, through the first couple of weeks of the season. We're glad you're with us on this Saturday morning for the Three Tailgaters Show, which continues in just a moment here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and on the web at NashFM1061.com. Inside New Orleans, if it's New Orleans sports, culture, food, Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. Weekdays at 4 on 1061 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. Erica, you bought a metal roof from Walker Metals. What made you go that route instead of shingles? I love my new roof from Walker Metals. It has added beauty and value to my home. It was installed right over my old shingles. The staff was so friendly. They walked me through the process and helped me choose the best color to match my house. This was the best decision I made. I save on my utility bills and my homeowner's insurance. If you need a new roof, think outside the shingles. Walker Metals has 12 colors to choose 
Nystrom with a 40-year rust warranty and Galloon Plus with a 20-year warranty against rusting. Call Walker Metals, 225-791-7791. Stop by and talk to the friendly folks or visit walkermetalroofing.com. You'll love your new metal roof from Walker. They look great, last forever, and are more resistant to wind, fire, and hail. Visit walkermetalroofing.com or call 225-791-7791 or just stop by. Walker Metals is your source for quality metal roofing. Louisiana manufactured, Louisiana proud. Oxner Health System presents the Oxner Eat Fit Minute with Molly Kimball. Our Eat Fit Dine Out Day is this Friday, September 22nd, y'all. It is a celebration of our Eat Fit partners that nourish us year-round. Anytime throughout the day on Friday, enjoy your favorite dishes from your favorite Eat Fit partners. This can include breakfast, lunch, or dinner, takeout, or delivery. Find a full list of Eat Fit partners by downloading our free Eat Fit mobile app or visit eatfitnola.com. And for those who want to support the work of our Eat Fit nonprofit team, this year we have the option to donate directly. Just visit eatfitdonate.com. Every bit of support matters, y'all, to our local restaurants and to our Eat Fit nonprofit. I am registered dietitian Molly Kimball, and we hope you enjoyed your Oxner Eat Fit Minute. For more wellness tips, follow Eat Fit Oxner on social and download the free Eat Fit mobile app to find full details on Eat Fit restaurants, recipes, shopping guides, and more. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. Dave Miet Insurance is a full-service independent insurance agency since 1958, offering auto, home, life, health, business, and commercial policies, Serving the East Bank, West Bank, North Shore, South Shore, and River Parishes, Damien Insurance is your one-stop insurance specialist. Call, click, or come in for a quote today at 504-556-0809 or DaveMietInsAgency.com. Where Yet Magazine presents the Modelo Michelada Mix-Off, where the best bartenders in New Orleans will compete for the title of who can make the best Michelada. Hey, what's up? It's Ginty. Join me Tuesday night at 6 at the Blue Crab on Lakeshore Drive on the lakefront for all the fun. The bartenders will craft their best takes on Micheladas. There's no cover charge and free drink samples, food, and more. Join me Tuesday night at 6 at the Blue Crab on the lakefront for the Modelo Michelada Mix-Off with Where Yet Magazine and Alt 92.3. Find the brands, inspiration, and great value you need to own your style at Macy's VIP Sale. Going on now. Use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 30% off fall trends and updates. Plus 15% off go-to beauty, skincare, and fragrances. Plus shop specials and find great deals on top brands at Macy's VIP Sale. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Exergen thermometers are the smart choice when selecting a thermometer. With children back to school, keeping them healthy is important. Got a fever? Stay home. To detect fever accurately at home, you need a fast, non-invasive, and clinically accurate thermometer. The Exergen thermometer is backed by over 100 clinical studies. Accuracy matters. Be smart and safe. Measure accurately with Exergen thermometers. Don't delay. Pick one up now at your local Walgreens pharmacy. Learn more at exergen.com. That's exergen.com. Don't be shy. Join in the conversation with Ken and Ed on the Three Tailgater Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call now, 504-260-1061. NFL has now had two weeks in the book, and we get a 
you know, a pretty decent look at what's going on. We have one team in San Francisco that's already 3-0, and and we know what kind of team that is. All right, Ed, so if you had to go top three, top five maybe in the NFL right now in terms of teams, where would you have these teams right now? Who do you have? Well, I mean, I got the 49ers right there, you know, as yep. good as anybody, right? Correct. Um, let's see. Philadelphia, they've got to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you, I like. I think who has a lot of upside, Kenny. And mm-hmm. I don't know how good their schedule is, but I think Jacksonville, even though they lost to Kansas City, I think they're pretty good. Don't you? I think they're pretty good, but I'd certainly put Kansas City in that. Yeah, I mean, I got Kansas City ahead of them, mm-hmm. but but I, I think that Jacksonville is 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 pretty good. I like the Miami Dolphins. I think very much got so. A nice, very I think much. They've so. got a nice looking team. I mean, you know, look, if they can keep their quarterback healthy, they they've got a they've got a really nice looking team, um, and I I like Dallas a lot too. I think Dallas is Dallas's defense. To me, there's only there's only a handful of teams that can win this thing. There's maybe five or six in both conferences can, that can win a Super Bowl. I I just think that uh, you know it's it's there's clearly some teams that have had have um, have there have you know uh, distanced themselves already. They just look a lot better. Miami looks really good. I tell you, who looks lost is New England. My goodness, they don't look good at all. Well, they looked good in spurts, but nothing sustained, and that certainly is applicable to the quarterback, also. And of course, Cincinnati discombobulated. They have not looked good at all, and some wonder about the play calling too there. And they lost P. Ryan, who was a comfort zone for Burrow, and then there's Burrow and. Uh, I mean, his condition, Ed, you just wonder if he's going to be healthy at all, given, you know, this lingering issue that keeps coming up with his calf. That, that's like a hamstring. I mean, it's hard to get over, and it, it has an effect mentally. It has an effect physically. And he missed well, way too much care- time to be sure. You've got to be careful with the calf because the one thing the calf can lead to is an Achilles. And you've got you to be really, really careful about that. And I yeah. think the fact that they, they, they don't have a good offensive line is really catching up with them. Well, I mean, that, they keep trying to fix it. <laughs> they keep adding people every year, and it, it doesn't seem to be working. And they don't have enough of a running game to keep people off Burrow and off their play action. So they have not looked very good uh, at all. And that's a team you expected to be up there and in that mix. But I think the teams you mentioned, Dallas has looked good, but now you know they lose Diggs, which is a big loss. Big That's loss. a big loss for him. He's a, big he's loss a for really them. good player. It's yeah. like Lattimore. You take a guy like that away, uh-huh. and it changes your scheme and what you do. So uh, definitely hurts, but they're good. I mean, credit credit where credit's due. Good team. And Miami, I'm with you there. I mean, they're very good. They've got talent across the board. San Francisco, definitely probably my top team right now. And then, of course, Kansas City, certainly in that mix. Uh, I think they're, they're still that team. And they look different when Kelsey's on the field, that's for sure. So, they're that. I think, I'm not, I think if I'm, there's one team that can break through, though, it would be Jacksonville. They've got the quarterback. I think they've got a pretty good team. Well, they do have a quarterback, and they're pretty good. I don't know that they're that yet, but they're pretty good. 
you know, people were all high on Detroit. I still think Detroit's pretty good, but they couldn't beat Seattle uh, when they played them. I know it's only one game, but that said, you know, it's, they're a good team, but I don't think they're a great team by any stretch. So, yeah, I don't know that there's any other team I'd point to. I, I think Baltimore has a chance because they play pretty good defense, and Lamar Jackson, you know, is a, is a good player. Beckham, of course, got hurt again the other day, but I, I think they're pretty good. And I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not really – nobody else really gets me all that excited right now. That's, that, we're kind of on the same page with that. Yeah, I, I think there's a handful. The one thing about the NFL that I think is, a, is, is, is interesting is that the, the scoring situation, just not that good right now. I mean, I've, I, watch, I watch these college games on Saturday, and to me they're far more entertaining than the NFL is. Well, you know, I, they went through a phase where you couldn't touch anybody on defense. Now, I mean, DBs are putting their hands all over receivers all the time, and some things aren't getting called. Ask Sean Payton, ha-ha. You know, I mean, look, that was, that was clear pass interference on the two-point conversion in the Denver loss to, to Washington. Yes. It was clear, clear, okay? I mean, look, I don't know how you don't call that. And the conspiracy theorist will be out again. He hates Sean Payton, the league hates Sean Payton, and all that stuff. And, you know, I get it. It's kind of hard to argue when you see a call. That decided the game. It was the last play of the game. I mean, you know, you can't deny that. And, you know, and that, again, but I think that's a trend. I think when I'm watching games, as I know you do, I'm seeing more contact being allowed. I'm seeing more, you know, touching, hitting. You know, we had one against the Saints that wasn't called in a game that should have been called, obviously, in the previous game for the Saints. So, I just think that's being – and that makes it easier to defend. Thus, you're not going to see as many points scored. So, I think that's part of it. Yeah, I just think they have a scoring problem right now. Yeah. Fantasy it, owners would agree, too. Fantasy owners would agree. So, the over is not a great idea right now. And here I am saying take the over in the Saints-Packers game. So, okay, what do I know? Not much. That's why I don't bet, right? So, oh, well. But I – but I do think that this is a game that has a chance to produce points. I really do. And we'll see if I'm right or wrong and all good. All right, it's 504-260-1061 to join us. We'll take one final time out here. And then I will return with a final segment f- to put a wrap on this one for a Saturday morning free tailgater show. Back in just a moment here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and on the web at NashFM1061.com. For 17 years, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl has been proud to support one of the area's great traditions, high school football, and the Prep Football Player of the Week Award. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl's weekly recognition of excellence on the field by high school student athletes reflects our understanding of the importance of athletics in the development of our youth. The Prep Player of the Year will be presented at the Ronald D. Gardner Award on the field of the Caesar Superdome during the 2023 RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl on Saturday, December 16th. Tickets available now at NewOrleansBowl.com. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. 
Life Resources Ministries exists for showing men the way, building men to spiritual maturity, and preparing God's people for service. Life Resources Ministries has Bible studies in person and via Skype throughout the metro area, along with outreaches weekly on Wednesdays at Piccadilly Cafeteria on Clearview Parkway in Metairie. There are business forums and fellowship meetings as well. Life Resources also puts on major outreach prep breakfasts with national speakers up to four to five times per year. Visit us online at liferesources.net. Life Resources Ministries, leaders investing for eternity. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon in one of his outstanding dealerships. Toyota of New Orleans, I-10 Service Road near Bullard in New Orleans East. Premier Honda at the I-10 Service Road at Bullard. Premier Nissan at Veterans in Metairie, and Premier Kia at Veterans in Kenner. To some, this might sound like a typical family dog. But at Dog Chow, we know that for a veteran suffering from PTSD, this could be the sound of life-saving therapy. Thanks, Betty. That's why we've made it our mission to connect every military hero in need with a canine hero of their own. To learn about the simple ways you can help Dog Chow in our mission, visit dogchow.com veterans. Sponsored by Purina. Now at Staples, the prices of HP printers are dropping. Save on HP Smart Tank and enjoy even more savings on ink. Save on the HP Inkjet, perfect for high-quality picks. Save on HP Laser Printers, great for tackling high-volume document printing. Now through September 30th, save on Staples' entire selection of HP printers, some as low as $69.99. With HP printer price drops at Staples, now is the time to upgrade to HP, America's most trusted printer brand. See staples.com slash HP for details. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, voted the number one restaurant in Metairie by TripAdvisor. A place where you can enjoy a great meal with family or hanging out with friends watching the game. A mouth-watering menu that has something for everyone. Amazing cocktails and an incredible beer selection. TVs everywhere. You'll never miss a play. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant is unique. The perfect combination of Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. Order online for delivery at BobbyAbears.com. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. We're winding down on the Three Tailgater Show at 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. As we wind down on this Saturday morning with the final segment of our Three Tailgater Show, Ken and Ed here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. And again, 504-260-1061. Early second quarter, Clemson has scored. They now lead Florida State 9-0, extra point pending to go up 10-0 at home. And they've looked very good doing it, too. So you got to give the Tigers credit again. You know, what happens week one uh, to week three, week one to week four? It can be totally different. Rutgers, Michigan tied 7-7 in the second quarter of that game. Oklahoma leads Cincinnati 7-3 in the second quarter. The early games of note amongst ranked teams. And so far, Ed Clemson's looked pretty good in this game. They have. And, and I, I switched over, and I just watched your friend uh, Donovan Kaufman make a really nice tackle for Auburn. Well, he's, had a, he's, been, he's been really good. I mean, yep. first, game this, first game this year, he was lights out. He was fantastic. So... Right. But no surprise, I just thought the guy was going to be a, a hell of a player, and he just 
you know, he made the wrong choice. He went to Vanderbilt, loyal to a coach, and the coach got fired, and he followed that coach to Auburn, and then that staff changes, and, you know, that's the whole thing about coaches. But he could have gone anywhere, but he chose the academic school, and, and it didn't work out too well. But he's, he's making up for lost time now. He's a really good player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Auburn's hanging in there against a and it's, uh, they, they've done a good job playing red zone defense. It's 6 nothing. They trail in the second quarter, and they're moving. So that might be a pretty good game. No doubt. Look, they're good. Uh, I don't know they're that, that good, but maybe they're slightly better than we anticipated they would be prior to the start of the season. So there's that anyway. But we'll see. By the way, Utah's quarterback won't play against UCLA, so keep an eye on that game, too. UCLA is a good team at 3 0. That's a 3 0, 3 0 matchup, so that's going to impact that game for sure. Again, it's all about availability. Cam Rising will not play in that game for UCLA. And again, we want to remind folks you can watch Carr and St. Augustine live on CrescentCitySports.com this evening. Live, always free at Crescent City Sports. And VK Jones and Ro Brown will have the call of the game this evening from Tag Gormley Stadium. Ed, always a pleasure. Thanks for doing it again this morning, and we always enjoy it. We look forward to doing it again next week. Okay, buddy. Look forward to it. Have a good one. You got it. All right. want to thank Rudy Dixon in studio, as always, for a job well done. Thank our sponsors and listeners for making it happen. I'm back with you Monday night for All Access Sports Talk at 6 p.m. following Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher at 4 p.m. Until then, for Ed, I'm Ken. Thank you for joining us. Be a good sport. And God bless you one and all. We are rounding third and heading home. So long. Thanks for listening to the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgaters Show was presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana.